morning, Shiloh. Good morning. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Oh, he's worthy to be praised this day and every day. The song says, my God reigns, our God reigns. Lord, you reign above everything. Oh, 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 oh. oh we can clap those hands. Oh, 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 here we go. See, my God reigns. My God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Say, Lord, you reign above every night. Oh, my God reigns. My God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign above every night. With power and majesty. With power and majesty. Dominion, authority, you reign. Oh, 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 oh. with power and majesty. With power and majesty. Dominion, dominion authority, you reign. Oh, let's raise it. Oh, oh, see, my God reign. My God reign. Our God reign. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. Oh, oh, see, my God Say one more time. Oh, see my God reign. My God reign. Our God reign. Our God reign. Lord, you reign above every day. Oh, see my God reign. My God reign. Our God reign. Our God reign. Lord, you reign above every day. Oh, we say over my circumstance. Y'all to say it with us. Say, you reign. You reign. Because our Lord reign. You reign. On heaven and the earth. You reign. You reign. Oh, 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 oh. say, you reign. You reign. You reign. Over all the earth. You reign. Over all the earth. You reign. Hey, 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 you reign. You reign. Over all the earth. You reign. Your Lord. You to sing that part one more time it says over my circumstance oh over my circumstance me another chance you
sing it one more time, everybody. You reign. Oh, you reign. You reign. You reign. Oh, Lord, you still reign. You still reign. Amen. Amen. Ooh. Oh, we are thankful because our God is everything. Oh, he's master, he's savior, but he's a friend. Oh, he's the captain of your soul. Simply put, he's everything, everything that we could ever ask for. So, Lord, we thank you for being everything, everything in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Father, Hallowed be thy name, Father, Father, thy kingdom come. 
who was a friend indeed. Savior. Call on him in times of trouble. Savior. His name is Jesus. Say Jesus. When I give you some praise, I say, Jesus. Oh, for the good days, Lord, I say, Jesus. And even those troubled days, I say, I say, Jesus. Oh, because Jesus will help me, yeah. Jesus. And Jesus will help you too. Everybody say, Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. just want everybody to say it one time. Say talk to you for a few minutes about personal commitment as you head back to school. Personal commitment as you head back to school. When Jesus talks about plowing a field, and specifically he's talking about poorly plowing a field, he's making a reference to commitment. The parable is relatively simple to understand, but since I've never plowed a field and don't intend on ever plowing a field, permit me to use a metaphor that would make it easier for us to relate. If you're driving down a road, but you're focused solely on the rear view mirror, it won't be too long until there's going to be an accident. I think that's a pretty good analogy. Young people, as you head back to the classroom, God wants your attention on what he has laid out in front of you, not on what is behind you. Not so young people as you go back out into the world. God wants your attention on what he has laid out in front of you and not so much on what is behind you. God wants us to back up our professions of faith with actions that validate our testimony. And looking back, 
is not a sign of faith. It's not a sign of commitment. Our commitment is measured not by what we say, but by what we do. If we are truly surrendered to Jesus, then our commitment will be evident in our behavior. I can tell you that I love you all day, every day. But if I only tell you that I love you, and I never do anything to show you that I love you, then it won't be too long before you conclude I don't love you at all. God knows whether or not we love him. Not by how often we say it, but by how we live. God knows whether or not we love him by our priorities. He knows whether or not we love him by our obedience to his word. He knows whether or not we love him by how committed we are to him. And a truth of life is that there will arise in each of our lives tests that will challenge our commitment. And so, as you head back into the classroom, as you head back to your college campuses, Jesus' question for you today is, are you committed? And it's important how we answer this question because there is a relationship between commitment and achievement. Not everyone who is committed achieves, but no one who is not committed will ever achieve anything. If we are to achieve, if we are to transform the world, then we must be more committed to our cause than the world is committed to its cause. Now, be sure of this. The world has a cause that it is committed to. The world has an agenda, and it is opposed to the cause of Christ. The world is committed to selfishness. The world's motto is, if it benefits me, then I don't care about anyone else. The world don't care about right or wrong. The world is only interested in self-gratification. The world puts greater value on the temporal than it does on that which is everlasting. More than an agenda, the world has a ruler, and his name is Satan. Satan's stronghold is the heart of anyone who will put self ahead of the things of God. And you need to know today that you're either committed to Jesus or you're committed to Satan. And the determining factor is found in what you are prepared to do. This is a time of great expectation. Jesus has an expectation of us as his disciples, and we should have an expectation of ourselves. But some of us are missing the mark because we lack commitment. The old folk used to sing, we have a charge to keep, 
and a God to glorify, to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. And, and if we are to achieve our goals, then our prayer every day must be, may it all our powers engage to do the master's will. We must be committed in our discipleship to Jesus. Well, what does this commitment look like? There's a word in Luke that helps us to answer that question. As Jesus and his disciples were passing through Samaria, he encounters three who expressed a desire to follow him. But when he challenged them to back up their talk with action, all three were lacking. Young people, as you head back to school, you should want to be sure that Jesus does not find you lacking. Faith in Christ means that we have complete confidence in his character and in the efficacy of his gospel. Faith demands total commitment on our part that will lead to a complete surrender of our will over to his will. Every day, we need to say to Jesus, I want to be all that God has made it possible for me to be. Every day, we ought to make it our responsibility to be an instrument to his glory and to his honor. And for that to be possible, we must first make up our minds that we are going to be committed in our faith to God and we won't settle for anything less. You see, this commitment involves new things. First, there must be new preferences. As Jesus was walking along, a man came up and said, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus sensed that this man didn't mean what he was saying. Jesus sensed that this man was looking for worldly security. This man had only come to see what Jesus could do for him. And so Jesus responds to his offer by saying, foxes have holes and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was telling this man, if you follow me, I won't guarantee you life's comforts. If you follow me, I won't guarantee you worldly pleasure. And so if those things are important to you, I may not be who you are looking for. You say you'll follow me wherever I go, but my question to you is, will you follow me through everything I carry you to? Will you follow me when it means doing without? Will you follow me when it means being put down by those who are close to your heart? Will you follow me when it means having to cry tears of disappointment? Following me is more than proximity. It's about endurance. My brothers and sisters, I want to remind you today that being committed to Jesus means that we prefer him over our own personal comfort. Sadly, personal comfort 
is all some of us care about. We're glad that we're saved, but we don't want to do too much after we've saved. We don't want to do too much that puts us in a place of discomfort. But I'm glad today that he's taught me to put him over my own personal comfort. I know where my blessings have come from. But I also know that there are some things that God requires of me. I know that there will be times when I will be charged to forsake my own personal comfort. But I've measured the cost and I've decided that the price is not too high. There must be new preferences in our personal commitment. And then there must be new priorities. Jesus came across a second man, and he encouraged the man to follow him. And the man said he wanted to come, but he was unwilling to forsake a prior obligation. He says to Jesus, Lord, let me wait until I can bury my father. Now, many misread this verse and assume that the man's father had already died. And we get mad with Jesus when he says, let dead people bury their own dead. But you have to understand what's really happening here. The man's daddy had not died. He was telling Jesus, I want to hang around until daddy dies. And after daddy dies, then I'll come follow you. you see, in Jewish culture, it was the responsibility of children to attend to the burial of their parents. So this man was trying to put Jesus off because he said he had another obligation. Let me ask you today, what are you obligated to that takes preference to Jesus? If you're committed to him, then he has to be the chief priority. Jesus doesn't demand that we be, that he is the only thing in our lives, but he does demand that he is first in our lives. He knows you have obligations to your family. He knows you have obligations to your jobs and to your personal relationships. But above every other obligation, you must be obliged to Jesus. You have an obligation to the one who woke you up this morning and started you on your way. You have an obligation to the one who makes a way for you when there appears to be no way. And there is no way that you can be committed to Jesus and put him off at the same time and say, I'll catch up with you later. Old folk used to say, you don't know if you're going to have a later to catch up with Jesus. You need to come while the blood runs warm in your veins. There must be a new priority in your life. Finally, personal commitment means that you have a new purpose. Luke says that a third man came to Jesus and said, I'll follow you, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. But to him, Jesus says, if you start to plow and you look back, then you're not fit for kingdom service. In other words, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, then you've got to stay with me until the work is done. 
Young people, as you head back to the classroom, you need to have a firm grasp as to what your purpose is. You have an academic purpose to prepare your mind so that you can step up and take your place in the service of the world. You have an experiential purpose to learn how to work cooperatively with people of different races and ages and backgrounds and beliefs because that's what we're going to encounter in our life experience. But never forget that your first purpose is not to academics and your first purpose is not to experience. But your first purpose is to Jesus. And you must be willing to be committed to him, and you must work with him until the work is done. I don't know about you, but I love Jesus because he never stopped working until the work was done. He opened blind eyes and he unstopped deaf ears and he made the lame to walk and he healed withered hands, but he didn't stop there. He healed a woman after 12 years of bleeding and restored life to a dead 12-year-old child. He healed a man's dying son with just a word from his mouth, but he didn't stop there. He preached hope to the hopeless. He preached joy to those who were in sorrow, but he didn't stop there. He walked on water and he turned water into wine and he fed thousands with two fish and five loaves of bread, but he didn't stop there. He didn't stop until he went up on a rugged hill called Calvary. He didn't stop until they put nails in his hands and in his feet. He didn't stop until he hung between heaven and earth and said, into your hands I commend my spirit. And even then he didn't stop because they tell me that they buried him on Friday. But early, 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 early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. I serve a savior who didn't stop until he went all the way to the end. And I've made up my mind that if he could go all the way for me, then I'll go all the way for him. Sometimes rising, sometimes falling. Sometimes with folk with me, sometimes I'm all by myself, but I won't stop. I won't quit. I'll keep on keeping on until he calls me home. If we're going to be who God called us to be, then you've got to have new preferences. You got to have new priorities. You got to have a new purpose. You've got to say, for Christ I'll live, and for Christ I'll die. You've got to say, I don't care what the world may do. I'm going to keep my hand in God's hand. He's able. He's able. He's able. Able. Able, 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 
choir is going to sing a hymn. Deacons are coming across. Ministers are coming down. There might be someone here. I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord our God. I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. Y'all sing it with me. I was glad. Let's sing it one more time. I was glad. Oh, we're going to sing it one more time. Sing, I was 